Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Diving Into Crypto. This is JP from Adlunum INC, bringing you everything about Web3. For those of you that know about the show, you know what I'm going to say next. We On this show, we talk about the insights, the journey, the strategies of the movers, the shakers, the candlestick watchers in the industry. And today we have a very, very special guest who I'll introduce in a second. Uh, before we begin, though, ladies and gentlemen, please remember uh, a few hygiene announcements. Any thoughts expressed on the show belong to that of the speaker and is not to be construed as financial advice. In event, we do have a technical glitch uh, and we are unable to, uh, and the room gets terminated or this, uh, this um, what, what do you call these things? Yeah, or if this if the chat room gets terminated, we will send a link back on our channel at Adlunum INC and to bring everyone back onto the show. All right, so don't panic. Uh, don't pull out your hair. Uh, we'll be right back with you with a new link so that we can j- dive right into crypto like we do on the show. All right, that being said, ladies and gentlemen, our speaker today is Michael um, Smorenberg. Okay, I hope I'm saying that right, Mike. You did. You nailed it. All right. Okay. And he is an entrepreneur who is obsessed with blockchain. Uh, as I've said before, Michael is uh, and Michael has had an ex- has extensive experience in various businesses. He's a serial entrepreneur as well. I'll let him dive more into his um, his journey. But remember, uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen that he has extensive knowledge about blockchain and he's going to share some of that with us today and also talk a little about what thoughts he put into uh, this latest book that he's released called Encode We Trust. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. (laughs) Okay, Mike, let's get the show on the road. So tell us a little about uh, tell us a little about yourself at this time. All right. Uh, born in the mid-60s uh, in Cape Town, South Africa. If you've never been down here, you're missing out. It's gorgeous at the tip of Africa. It's sort of a little piece of the French Riviera. Um, I studied business, uh, became an entrepreneur straight out of out of college, and uh, I've never really looked back. I've never had a salary in my life. don't know what it is to have a salary. Uh, certainly not a silver spoon either. Um I uh, had a couple of businesses, and then I moved over to California. I married an American, and uh, there I did various things. I consulted. Um, I wrote a couple of books, and I eventually patented an online marketing system, which I managed to get funded in the VC markets. And that literally the day we took our business plan to market, the the dot-bomb began to dot-bomb. And um, yeah, we were so we were just fall. We were we were in free fall, climbing furiously. We managed to hang on to it for about three years, and ultimately got swallowed in that mess, which is sort of where crypto is right now. I seem to have a pretty good timing for it. Um, and quite quite strangely, while I was in America, I, you know, I discovered I'm actually African, and it sounds strange, but I'm as African as mm-hmm. I'm as African as an Australian's Australian, or an American's an American. Um, and I really, really long yeah. to be back home. Africa's got a got a very got an amazing feel to it, and uh, this is where I really wanted to be. So I came home. Um, I wound up. Uh, I started a security company. I did quite nicely with that. 
and I divested into, into the hospitality industry just in time. Well, first of all, we had a tremendous drought down here, and that kicked us in the in the in the crown jewels, and then went straight into COVID. Um, so uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I've written quite a few novels along the way, and and then in COVID, well, we'll get into that, I'm sure. But in COVID, I really my my journey into crypto really began. So that's me. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for that. Um, I, I'm curious to understand, though. I know that you you've briefly said that because of COVID, you you jumped into in, into Web three. Yeah. But could you tell us a little about that moment at which the flip the switch flipped, and you thought, hey, you know what? Web3 is the place to be for me. Yeah, I, I think it's more than just, a, it's sort of, a, it's not so much a, a, a flip, it's sort of a dawning, if you will. Um, I, like most people, I got into I got into crypto the very worst way. I saw it on the news. And uh, with, when things got on the news, they're newsworthy, uh, because that means they're coming to the, you know, it was coming to the top of the market. I didn't understand this. I'd never been, I'd been an entrepreneur, not an investor. So I jumped in boots and all right at the top of the market. And then it was just free fall. That was 2017. Um, but there was just something about it that just told me, I knew very little about it, but there was something about it that told me not to get out. I just sat and held. And I kind mm. of forgot that I was, um, I forgot then that I was, that I'd actually dropped money into it. And uh, I went about the rest of my life and running my businesses and so forth. And then, of course, um, along came uh, along came COVID, and, and we were all locked down, particularly in South Africa. We had a pretty hard lockdown. We were literally not allowed out of the houses for quite a long time, and I was going crazy, and the one thing I could do was get online. So I then remembered that I had this little investment, and I started to dig, and the more I dig, the more intrigued I became. Um, you know, I'd studied mm-hmm. economics, and I'd had quite an I'd, – I'd enjoyed – uh, economics, and it really enjoyed the topic, mm-hmm. um, but it seemed very stuffy. It was ki- kind of guys in suits who, dr- you know, drove black yeah. Mercedes, and and I'm not. I'm a beach bum. I, I, I live on the beach. I'm a beach boy, and I'm and I'm a I'm an entrepreneur by nature. But all of a sudden, I, I, the, the this blockchain space was you know populated by young people, and what's more. It, it, the the people in the suits didn't seem to like them, and that really turned me on. So that seemed like a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I suppose if if we had to get anywhere nearly well, uh, we can dig a little more into that. But um, in, you know, I'd read I'd read a lot of books on on economics. You know, one of them was Picnics on Vesuvius and the Great Reckoning by a guy called William Lord um, Lord William Mogg or something. And then another one called Creature of Jekyll Island, which really painted a terrible picture of the fractional reserve banking system um and you know clearly we were in we were in trouble in in this world of ours and uh that intrigued me and i started to think maybe crypto is the answer um right yeah um so yeah if i if i just kind of you know living in south africa is very interesting when i was when i was a kid uh we used to seven Mm seventy five south african cents could buy one dollar right now it's a cost you about 18 rand to buy one dollar, so you know we've wow. we've lost twenty twenty five times, is uh, is right. in as much as uh, you know the dollar and the pound have weakened as currencies, and and uh, and, and it seems like they like inflation's rising. I contend it's more currency debasement than anything else. Um, you know, out on the fringes yeah. in, in the, with these funny little currencies at the edge of the world, we're in even more trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as an example, my, mm-hmm. my, when, I was a, when I was a boy, my parents had bought our house for two and a half thousand pounds. 
that two and a half thousand pounds when we went to our own currency became five thousand rands it was a two to one the, when they sold the house a few, a few years later, they sold it for 14,000. So track this, 5,000 to 14,000. They bought wow. our house uh, and they sold our house for 300,000, which is just recently sold for 30 mm-hmm. million. It's the same house. It doesn't become more spectacular. It just right. tells you what's happened to the right. currency. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's really it. Um, well, that's... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 you know, just more to in terms of in terms of sort of what what flipped me and what turned really turned me onto that. The, the more I dug, uh, the more I realised that uh, there, there were really really smart people out there who also thought it was the answer. And, you know, the first one I think I stumbled across was Michael Saylor and then Raoul Paul, mm-hmm. and um, they spoke to me right. on a level that really resonated with me um, because you know Michael Saylor is an engineer, Raoul Paul's a, a macroeconomist. And um, I really resonated with that. That, to me, made a heck of a lot of sense. So, yeah, that, that, that gave me the confidence to, to really start pursuing it. Uh, yeah. un- understandably. As a matter of fact, I, w- I was thinking the same way when you, when you mentioned how the, you know, the, the, the value of the house had tripled with each, each sale uh, and, and went up exponentially. There was just, just so, many, so many questions that, that arise around that, uh, starting from, okay, real estate as an asset class, to, you know, what can you see as your, your absolute returns over that over, over a particular period of time? Uh, and at the same time, you know, people look at look at uh, a crypto in, a, in almost the same way. Right. Yes. Yes, they do. So uh, that. But, yeah. But, but that being that being said, uh, I really have to to, to understand, um, you know, people may be at, may have asked you this question as a, a new entrepreneur, especially when you, when you, sorry, as an entrepreneur and as now an investor into, into crypto, uh, somewhere around uh, 2017, where, you know, you, you had this big bust, right? Um, yeah. At that, at that particular point, the, the people ask you the question, you know, Hey, uh, is crypto a Ponzi? Yeah, well, you know, I think that still goes on to this very day. Um, and there's, there's plenty of plenty of Ponzi in crypto. So what we really need to do is there's a huge spectrum here. Let, let's begin with blockchain. Blockchain is a way to design a database so it self-protects itself. And anything that needs to have uh, good protection in, in terms of databases uh, is, is a very good fit. I hope nobody can hear that. They seem to be doing road work outside. Um, Anything that needs to be protected in a database is a really good fit. So that means everything from, you know, licenses to to identity to uh, to to what would you call it? Um, uh, well, and then oh, sorry, ultimately money. Money money is the ultimate database mm-hmm. that needs to be run. Um, databases have typically got single points of failure, and uh, up to thirty percent of a of a budget is of an IT budget is normally spent on trying to protect that information. Well, blockchain just does that by its very design. I don't think we've got time to go into the into the design of blockchain here, but I'm sure most people who have studied and have got a fairly good idea of how blockchain works. But uh, so blockchain just really works as that. But you know, because it's relative, once you've got the design of blockchain as we've got, it's relatively easy to to design or to to create a new token. And the result is, I don't know what the count is, it's 20,000 tokens or something. And um, very much like the very early days of the web, a lot of them are complete garbage. In fact, most of them are complete garbage. And, my, and a lot of them are Ponzi's. Mm-hmm. I think we're seeing FTX um, unfolding with FTT. It's looking awfully like a Ponzi at this point in time. Um, that's not to say that the currencies we use every day aren't actually Ponzi's when you mm-hmm. when you uh, dig down into them. But uh, nevertheless, um, 
yeah. So, so yeah. The question then is: is it is it a Ponzi? Well, the the dog coins are certainly Ponzi's. Yeah. The in my book, um, the, you know, Doge has got the protection of Elon Musk, who's going to use it for whatever he's going to use it for, and um, that's about the only one that I can I can think of that's you know that that's probably going to emerge from this. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so, so so there are plenty of Ponzi's, but crypto itself is not a Ponzi, no. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I, and I want to... So you breaking up? Of course, you know, there's, there's you know, like you said, right, almost 20,000 coins that are out there. We don't know how many of them actually have value, and that's that's the whole point. And then when you have a bull run, you have, you know, uh, enough and more people thinking about a get-rich-quick scheme, uh, which they would then mar... Uh, with the idea of okay, we can do this with with you know with crypto, right? Uh, giving everybody yes, yes. a bad name. Yeah. Yes. So uh, so okay. So, so it was, from, just like if I'm. If I may just say on, on you know on that note, I mean it just that just leads us straight to the what is the value of crypto. So once again we have to just let's let's forget everything else but the top ten tokens. And those top ten tokens are typically doing something. They they typically um, have have got doing some kind of a job. So if you take Bitcoin mm-hmm. and you ask the question, you know, what what's the value of Bitcoin? Well, what's the value of the Swift banking system? The Swift banking system, you know, takes days and days and days to move money around, and it costs a lot of money. Um, and uh, you know, a lot, there are a lot of fees to be paid along the way. Well, crypto and, and Bitcoin's uh, Bitcoin's infrastructure can do the job of the SWIFT banking system. Uh, you can use the rails as as uh, instead of the SWIFT banking SWIFT banking system. So, what's the value? Well, the replacement of the SWIFT banking system to start with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and having and having that that position obviously creates that. Uh, intrinsic cost of value, which most of us don't see, because we don't even see the financial system works for you know for the most of us, right? Exactly. We, you know, and, that, and that's the irony of it. People will say, "Well, I don't know how it works." Well, you don't know how the financial system works either. You're just used to it, um, and that's where it just really comes down to the individual. Uh, in terms of, of at, at every level, a person's just got to upskill themselves, and there's really plenty of information. I mean, there are just so many great, great uh, uh, YouTube videos out there if you don't want to read, and there are great books on the topic if you do. There are courses all over the place, and a lot of them are free. Yeah, actually, unlike the you know, unlike forex trading and so forth where if you want to do a course, uh, it'll cost you a king's ransom. Uh, if you want to do a course on crypto, right. and it's exactly the same, it, frankly, better information. I did a uh, did a Forex trading course just to see how it went, and I was quite appalled, to be honest. It was, it was quite um, – uh, it was not up to scratch of, of what the crypto guys are doing for free. Right. It's spot on, you know, and <laughs> considering considering that it's a, a, a new system, even those that have spent years that seem to have spent years in the financial system seem to be um, what do you uh, what what's the term? Not just flabbergasted, right? But they're they're often confused about how the models work, uh, and and at the same time, okay, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go off uh, off on a tangent, but you know, at the same time, they, they're trying to find correlations between the two, uh, use the same strategies, but they obviously just don't work exactly the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, and going off on a tangent is very easy in this field because it's a it's a deeply complex uh, field, and it also it it can do so so much that it's uh, it's very hard not to go off on a on a on a tangent. I do it all the time. No, truly, truly, though. Um, I, I have to ask you, though. Um, 
you know, I, I can I can already hear in your tone that you're very passionate about about what you uh, what you, you you're sharing with us today, and also uh, the thoughts that you have, and uh, the the small arc that we've covered at this point about the the journey that you've you've had in. Right? Yes, yes. But what really gets you passionate about not just crypto, but I'm I'm certain blockchain and, and Web three as a whole. Uh, that is something that you've had some time to study to 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 understand more deeply. Um, what gets you passionate about that? Well, to a large degree, it's, it's decentralized. Um, and that means there are no single points of failure. You are, you know, if TCP IP came out and, and made the web possible, but you can just use it for free. You know, but nobody can buy a share in TCP IP. Um, it's just a protocol. Whereas in Web3, that's, it's actually structured in such a way that, that the, uh, the financial uh, our world's underpinned by fi finance uh, everything costs money and there's a profit motive to all of it and web 3's got that baked in so you you really building web 3 allows you to build anything you want to build on top of a financial structure or on top of a financial infrastructure should i say um and what's more um a person can can you know without having to go to a, a stockbroker and buy in shares. Um, if I want to go and buy a premium share, a tester, it's going to cost me $200. And I've first got to get my rands into dollars before I can buy those $200. And I've got to go through a brokerage or something. Whereas I can just do that uh, if, I, if, I come across, if I do a little bit of study and I find projects that make sense to me that I think of the future, I can own a little piece of them by buying in, uh, you know, by buying their their tokens um you know of course it's it is a caveat mtor these are the early wild west days um you, you know when uh, south africa had a gold rush in the in the 1800s and there were plenty of little towns you've never heard of that had no particular criminal element but of course around places like barberton the the, the hills were alive crawling with criminals why well there was value there there was gold there and we're in the same situation here we've got all the hackers in the world that are trying to kind of break into uh, into wallets and defraud one um and that that in fact, that is just proof positive that crypto has got that much value. Um, so it's not that's not a that's not a negative on crypto. That's a negative, or that's just that's just human nature that people will go where the value lies. So um, yeah, just that's a, okay. Carry on. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, you know, in every place that you have that you have that value, in every place that you you have something that that's created that has either wealth value or you know um, some some store of uh, of money, right, of, of sorts, you're going to have a criminal element or a, a criminal bent of mind yes. uh, that that's going to want to take it without having to earn it. Sure, sure. And sp speaking of which, you know, we've all, for obvious reasons, uh, we like to deal a little bit in cash because it's got tax advantages, shall I put that euphemistically? Um, and But the problem was, you know, perhaps living in England or America or somewhere, you've, you've got less, but living where I do, uh, cash is a bit of a liability because at some point in time, so you're going to have a home invasion and you've got a, a safe full of cash. And that's the situation I found myself in at the end of COVID um, because we didn't know where COVID was going in the beginnings. There could have been food rights. We had no idea. I, um, I put a big wad of cash into my uh, safe and that was all great while we were in lockdown, mm -hmm. but we came out of lockdown and all of a sudden people had free movement yeah. and, and we get, you know, it's a dangerous place, the, the, this tip of Africa. Yeah. Um, and then I heard uh, a friend of mine told me there was an ATM, a Bitcoin ATM around the corner. Mm -hmm. um, and I went around to the uh -huh. ATM and I slipped, quietly slipped all my, my uh, cash away and I now I'm a, now, mm -hmm. now I've got not just the advantage of having, having an empty safe 
wherever I travel in the world, I've got mm. that money with me. I've got it in any currency I want it in. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the, the, ironically, it's, uh, I, I will get to that later, I'm sure, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually busy, busy rolling out ATMs all over the country as well as a business. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so, Mike, I, I, I have to sort of pivot a bit uh, at this point because we I, I understand your crypto journey. I think the audience does that as well. Uh, but I'm certain that many of us are curious in the room uh, because it may also be an, an aspiration for some of us, right? Yes. Um, what made you think about being a writer? I mean, you told us you were a businessman. You told us that you 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 know you traveled to another continent. Uh, you set up a business there. You were successful. You want to come back home. Yeah. Uh, but but where, but. Uh, writing is is of course you know a, a very different animal, if I may say. Yes. Uh, what made you think about doing that? Jeez, <laughs> I, I sometimes wonder. Um, it sort of seized me, I think. Um, and and sometimes I have to remember why did I want to do this? Um, and it's not to get rich because it's very hard. It opens a lot of doors, and it's sometimes and certainly for in terms of the. Uh, in terms of the, the fiction that I've written, those are just stories that needed to be told. Um, so the first one of those, I had never written a thing in my life apart from ordinary correspondence. I was in Spain. We'd left South right. Africa. It was 1995. I was on my way to America, and I took a couple of months off and traveled around um, Europe. We were in Spain, and I'd been mm -hmm. on the road for too long, and my brain was going nuts because I needed to do something. And I woke up literally from a siesta right. with, a, with a novel in my in my head, or the start of a novel, I bought a, I bought a little mm -hmm. spiral bound a, uh, <laughs> a pencil and I started to write. And in 10 days, I wrote a 400-page novel right. that I, it was quite, quite a mm -hmm. weird, cathartic experience because it just kind of poured out. And I was just amazed at the story that came out of its own. It, it felt like I had nothing to do with it. Uh, well, that got me to... In America, I tried to get it published and discovered just how hard it is to get published. Um, but along that journey, mm -hmm. a book publisher said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm looking at setting up a consultancy, teaching people how to buy businesses. And she said, now that's a book I yeah. could sell. And um, she, mm -hmm. I ended up writing a book on how to buy a business. And then uh, my agent down the road asked me what I know about sailing. It turned out they had an, something called the Everything Sailing Sailing Series, or every, the Everything Series, the Everything Wine, mm -hmm. the Everything Weddings. They wanted to do Everything Sailing. So I wrote uh, two books on sailing. Mm -hmm. And then I went through it. I thought I was done with uh, writing novels, and I went through a particularly bad breakup. Mm -hmm. I, sorry, I returned to South Africa, and I got into a relationship that went, went didn't go well, and people turned to drugs and drink, and I turned to writing. So I ended up writing another novel. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then, then, as fate would have it, a um, yeah. I, I'd, I'd done a lot of scuba, scuba diving as a youngster, and I had a crazy friend who was determined to find a shipwreck, and we uh, and he did. He went out and found a uh, an uncharted shipwreck and registered it. And I was the second guy to dive on it, and I dived with him and so on. And in 2012, that was that was identified by the Smithsonian as the only slave ship in history that's ever been found anywhere in the world. Um, and it happened to be right wow. it's 200 meters from where I'm sitting. So I, it was quite a strange sensation <laughs> to have realized I'd been diving in a graveyard, you know, 200 people drowned in that wreck. 200 were, you can't even say saved. They were removed from it. This is 1794, marched over the mountain and sold, you know, the next day. Um, and that uh, was a Portuguese slaver on its way to Brazil out of Mozambique. So that caused me to write that, those yeah. sort of, the, those people sort of caused me to write another novel to tell their story. And I've written three more novels on that. And yeah, I also write a bit of, um, I like to call it fictionalized science because I really don't enjoy science fiction. Yeah. I find science fiction too. 
outlandish. So I write stories that right. revolve around science. Then anyway, you asked. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can go on a bit. But 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 yeah, yeah it's a it's a. If anybody is thinking of writing, it's a, it's a it's it is a tough path. Uh, you're probably not going to make a lot of money out of it, but it does open doors, and it is a it's very cathartic. It's a if you've got the the spirit to do it, do it. Well, um, you've just described it as as being something therapeutic, and I, I'm certain that a lot of us that may still be feeling the backlash of, uh, you know, the COVID lockdown uh, can can use this as an outlet. I mean, most people, of course, today may take to blogging, but, uh, you know, I, the, the more you outpour, the more you, connections you make, the more that, that it heals you, I, I would believe. Absolutely true. Really, really true. I, I can highly recommend it. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, um, so I want to shift focus now. I mean, I want to bring this a little more focus to the fact that uh, the the last book that you, uh, I wouldn't say the last book that you wrote, but the the latest book that we we know about, yes, in code we trust, right? Yes. Uh, tell us a little more about the book and what what inspired you to write that one because I'm I'm seeing it. I I, I see what what it's what it's about. Uh, but I really wanted to to dive into what's the what's the motivation behind it. Sure, 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 absolutely. Well, uh, you know, the um, it started out with my my poor long suffering brother has to suffer the the, the the worst end of my all of my balmy ideas. I'm always writing to him, and I think he's sick of me. He doesn't really answer, um, and I'm always he, he's a bit older than me, and he's a you know he's a he's a very astute businessman, much more astute than me. I'm a good entrepreneur. He's a very good businessman. There's a big difference. Mm -hmm. And um, he um, and 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 so I've been trying to tell him about this thing about crypto, and he's he's seventy one, and he's like, this is this is crazy stuff. So the more I try to tell him that there's so much information, I started to write it down. And then I was paddling out. Uh, we were out at sea paddling surf skis, and uh, it was a very wealthy friend of his. We were chatting, and he he said, you know, a bit about crypto. I said a little bit, and at the time I knew a little bit, but I couldn't. I didn't realize I couldn't express it yet. So he invited me around for lunch, and when I arrived for lunch, this was sort of eighteen months now two years ago i arrived for lunch i walked in and there were sort of 10 guys sitting around a boardroom table and they were all captains of industry and highly qualified people and and um i was geez i got a fright in my life i wasn't expecting that and i was up on they they, they were streaming me off to america to somebody on that side watching Anyway, they asked me three questions. Now, if you asked me those three questions today, I could rattle them off easily. But I, uh, but uh, but they, I, I was just flummoxed, and I got home and I was I felt so bad. They said you did great, and I, I I knew I did badly. So I sat down and I started to write out the answers, and one thing led to another. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote the book. So so really, it's it kind of if anybody's ever read Bill Bryson, Bill Bryson is not a scientist, but he wrote the best science book one of the best science books ever right. and the is precisely because he's not a scientist because he 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 can talk to regular folk and the problem from what i can tell yeah. is um the the problem like uh, is is that we the the the, the blockchain experts the the techies uh, the financial guys mm. they talk a different language they can't talk mm. to normal people and i'm just a regular guy so you know that's you know I, I just wanted to make it make a story that's not just uh, correct and and accurate it's compelling to read i wanted it to read like a thriller novel um, but be absolutely accurate and then just sort of one one of the one of the cornerstones as well is i also noticed um there are uh, crypto tends to be a young person's endeavor um and of course our families are made up of young people and old people and the older generation are sort of looking at their at their 20 something kids and and they think you know these guys are going to squander the 
squander the family fortune on as soon as they inherited it it's gone it's off into crypto so i really wanted to create a bridge within families because i, I saw i've seen it happen where there's tension between the between sort of the parents and the kids i want to create that bridge and write a story that the older people would find compelling and can understand and read and just get everybody on the on the same page that was for me quite a quite a big deal yeah um i could probably keep talking for hours but uh <laughs> we don't have ours. You know, but, but that's that, that's quite a that's quite a story, Mike. And I, and I think that also, uh, you know, given that you've you've chose to 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 script the story in that fashion, right, to bridge families together uh, in in many ways that that is that is specifically what you know what people would want to understand. It's a it's a very real situation. Uh, it happens across mm -hmm. continents, happens across um, across cultures, and know it happens across families. Uh, you know, there's there's enough and more people, enough of more psychological reports that speak exactly about the same thing. So, yeah. So hats off to you for, sure. for choosing that specific, um, you know, area to 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 cover. Sure, and and you know, and, and another thing is if if you live in a, if you're fortunate enough to live in a country with a strong currency, if you've got the dollar or pound or euro, yeah. yen or whatever, mm -hmm. um, that that's great. You don't really feel the quickening as we do out here on the fringes. Right. Um, you don't see your you know all everything that's imported is just going you know it's, it's just running away from you. You can't keep up. So you're looking for a hedge to to kind of uh, right. anchor into um so i, I just mm -hmm. really wanted to speak to that market as well in in terms of they as i say not just understand but be but be motivated mm -hmm. to read certainly 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 and um so, so mike i think from from here uh one of the thoughts that you know is is taking off uh when you speak about um, how bill bryson and i absolutely loved you know a brief history about uh, about everything uh it was a, a fantastic book i i still have still have my yes. copy um yeah so so when it when it comes to creating that that sort of art right and obviously he's he's speaking to normal people he's creating education about things that most people will find boring right Yes. Uh, or most people, who are the experts, like you're saying, are not able to explain in layman's terms. Yeah. Right. Now, at the same time, uh, when it comes to crypto education, right? Um, from from your point of view, what are the top three things that people should know about so that they are intrigued or they are, they're interested to speak when it comes to when it comes to crypto? Mm. Sure. Well, I think the first and most obvious thing is that the the legacy financial systems all is not well. Um, as I said earlier, I don't believe that we have uh, inflation. Um, it, it looks like inflation, but it, it, in economic terms, I don't think it really is inflation. And therefore, you can't really use um, the 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 antidotes to inflation to fix it. What am I talking about is uh, inflation is defined as more demand for less supply. Uh, we went into the world went into lockdown. There weren't more people flying. There weren't more people hiring cars and going to restaurants and consuming. Um, there were much, much less. And yet the stock market mm -hmm. boomed. So what went on? Well, they, the governments of the world printed money, pumped money into the system. Supply and demand says the more you put in, the less it's, the less it's worth. You know, if um, if if you, if you and I have got got an appetite for two oranges and there's only one orange, the price of that orange is going to be high. If they, if somebody dumps ten oranges on the table, the price of per orange is going to be going to, going to go down to you know a tenth of the price of one orange, uh, if there was only one. So, um, so it's really it's that's really the first issue to understand is that all's not well in the in the legacy financial systems. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry. 
okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the second thing that's that's important to understand is that there's a big difference between value and price. Um, you know, the value, the, the price of Bitcoin has soared to astronomical levels and now it's crashed to, I wouldn't even say very low levels because after all, two, three years ago, um, you know, Bitcoin was $3,000 or $6,000 and it's it's three times that now, which is which is still extremely well performing. But there's a big difference between value and price. Um, the so the price of Bitcoin, you can look at it up at any moment. The value of crypto is, or Bitcoin and, and crypto is is quite something else uh so i think one of the things people need to understand about it is it's it's just the magnitude um the 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 hash or the the uh, compu computing power that keeps that keeps uh, bitcoin as the safest as, as the safest uh what's the word moving forward you 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 can't um you can't counterfeit it you can't double spend it so it's the yeah. it's the most uh, it's the safest of of all of all systems, um, the infrastructure hundred times the size of Google. So, if if Google were to turn their significant computing power into into hashing uh, for bitcoins, they'd they would only change the market by one percent, um, or the, the Google ha the crypto hash by one percent. Sorry, I'm not making myself very clear. So, so that's sort of and and kind of related to that as well is just this this issue that um, I think most people don't realize that it's very fractionalized. You know, a, a Bitcoin might cost twenty thousand mm -hmm. dollars, but each Bitcoin's got a hundred million satoshis. So even with my our lowly wow. South African rand, uh, three South African one South African cent will buy three satoshis. So you can get in, whereas you really can't get into into other assets quite as easily. You need you know a lot more money to get in. So um, those are the, yeah, those are the, the well, yeah. I actually, I think really gave you two, didn't I? Um, yeah, yeah I, I suppose the, the final, my final thought on that is just uh, without being too much of a prepper, um, you know, if things, right. if things go really, really bad, the people of the people, I'm talking about not the governments, I'm talking about the ordinary people of Russia, the ordinary people of Ukraine, um, have got themselves caught into a, into a horrible situation where you know lots of them have had to flee or they've seen their they've seen their currencies take a, a pummeling and so on or they can't they can't buy foreign and uh, make foreign payments. Well, at least with if crypto, if you, at mm -hmm. least you get to understand it. You don't have to be deeply invested, but at least if you understand how it yeah. works, um, it's it's just a little bit of an insurance policy for the future. You just never know what's coming over the horizon. Um, you know, on the on the day that right. there's a mushroom cloud and you have to go in the other direction, you where you get wherever you land that evening, you need a hotel room and rent a car or something. And um, it's just nice that it's sitting yeah. in your phone, and you and you manage to get through uh, customs without being shaken down. You can't do that with land. You can't do that with gold. You can't do that with shares. Yeah. So that would be yeah. Those would be my three things. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So um, uh, that being said, I want to rush to the next uh, the next two questions because uh, I know that we're you know we're, we're coming close to the end of the show. But uh, that being said, right? So we've spoken about you know for, for somebody's interest to be peaked, it to to dive into uh, to dive into crypto, right? Sure. Um, at the same time, you have people that have been in the system for a while, uh, you know, and and whatever that that quantity of time that while is, right? Yes. Uh, but they also want to, to to exit to because you know maybe they don't have the appetite or whatever, right? Yes. Uh, for whatever reasons. But what are some of the things that people actually forget about staying committed in the industry, uh, you know, and and tend to quit too early? So, what are some of the things you would say to them, Mike? 
Well, look left. Um, just just have a look at at how many times uh, this has crashed and come back, and 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 in fact, that's sort of the um, if you will the, the evolution of it um, is almost Darwinian. Mm-hmm. Um, the it yeah. survived. Why why it's so valuable is it because it just keeps surviving and it just the value of it just keeps growing. In fact, as I said, the difference between price and value is price. You can look up right now at the second down to the penny. But what's the value? And the value is is roughly. Um, dictated by the hash the hash is just how much computing powers out there look working with it and that is just a, a graph that goes from bottom left to top right the adoption is just is, is, is getting bigger and bigger and bigger it's never been uh, it's never been counterfeited it's never had a double spend so this is a this is a powerful system um, and it's just a case of look left and just remember whatever crashes have occurred yes they cra- it crashes 80 80 80 85 percent and it comes back hundreds and thousands of percent uh, stronger spot on Spot on. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I think that that's, that's a great takeaway, right? And ladies and gentlemen, this is an absolute gem. Whenever you're, you're confused about, you know, hey, uh, should you stay, stay in crypto? Should you stay in this, this industry? Just remember to look left because the, the more that you do that, the more you study it, you, the more you understand that the volatility is just part of the game, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, that, being, that being said, Mike, uh, I, I have to ask you, in, from your point of view, right, yes. what is the greatest the crypto as it stands today well i mean lack of education just to start with straight out and straight out of the gate lack of education which leads to a lot of things um the well the incumbent uh, the incumbents the financial sectors and the governments of the world um are losing their grip and they're going to just keep confusing and and keeping people as undereducated as they can about this about the space which will then open the door for their uh, their cbdc's their central bank dis, uh, digital currencies which are the devil in my opinion um cbdc's they will like to muddy the water and, and try to make you think that the CBDC is, a, is sort of a better Bitcoin. It's not. It's garbage. It's centrally controlled. It's uh, it's money that they can always reach into your wallet. And it's, it's the antithesis of a Bitcoin. So that certainly is, is one of the biggest uh, threats. Uh, you know, the, the difficulty of working with DeFi, which will hopefully get, get uh, improved, uh, all of the scams that 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 are that, that that dog our space, which is just really proof that that we've got a lot of value here. Um, yeah, uh, you know, there's there's certainly all kinds of kind of issues, and as I say, they all they all revolve in one way or another around education. So people have got to educate themselves. Um, one of my favourite things is I get right. pe- people say to me, um, it's it's com- you know they dismiss it, it's rubbish, and I go, okay, just just to, before we have the conversation, how much have you studied it? No. I just know it's rubbish. And I go, okay, well, mm-hmm. I've probably put 5,000 hours of study into it. So let's just pretend I know a little, you know, <laughs> I know a couple of things more than you and I'll have the conversation. But, you know, it's just that dismissal yeah. straight away, which, which, as I say, is is antagonized or, or promoted by, by government and authorities and so on. You know, um, just on that note, the, the, um, the taxi industry didn't invent Uber and the hotel industry didn't invent uh, um, yeah. Airbnb and so on. So the fact that the financial industry is really is the last people to know about this is like the, the post. If you'd gone to the postmaster general circa 1990, you said there's this thing, email that's coming. What do you think? They would have dismissed it out of hand. And guess what? They don't exist anymore. So it's it's pretty much that. Um, the the last people who know about it are the people who are kind of the experts of the day. They sort of the 
they're sort of the the farriers and the and the buggy and the you know the the horse buggy manufacturers who say no this car thing never going to catch on. Mm-hmm. It's never going to catch on exactly, exactly, exactly. But yeah, you know you're you're right, Mike. I think when 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 you think about it more, right? It's the the more educated that you get, the more you begin to understand it, and and when you truly educate yourself about it, that's that's exactly when it starts to make sense. Um, you know, there, there's there's so many angles, or, the, or rather, the deeper you dive into it. Yes. There's, there's so many angles that you have to consider where that value comes out. Yes, well, you know, that's what I try to at least bushwhack through and, and put in the 5,000 hours so that other people can walk in my, in my slipstream and, um, and, can, and can, can now move ahead of me um, much more yeah. rapidly. Well, uh, well that, that, that certainly takes, takes a lot of effort. I, 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 I totally understand because when it comes to educating, about, educating people about, about crypto, about Web3, about blockchain, that's exactly what we're trying to do on the show. Uh, yeah. Create that education, create that awareness, you know, get people to understand that there, there is an industry. It works like this. Uh, it doesn't work like anything else we've seen before. Uh, and despite the fact that it's uh, technically young in comparison to some of the other industries, uh, you know, it, it, there still is a lot of value for, for those of you that are, are looking to step in. Absolutely right. enormous. So, yeah. Well, and, um, I'm, just, I'm glad I could be, be, be a little bit of the grease in the wheel that moves us forward. Awesome. Sauce. Okay. Uh, so, um, uh, Mike, I, I have to ask now at this point of time, I want to come back. I want to come back to your book in, in Code We Trust. Uh, the beauty about, about writing a book is not, not the inspiration is one aspect, but they're also, you know, always a series of stories that, um, that, that weave it together, right? That, that create yes. that aha moment about, hey, you know what? This one, two, and three uh, begins to work, right? Yes. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm curious to understand, right? Are there, are there any stories you'd like to share about where, uh, you know, you, you saw, for example, and Web3 is a community, but where you saw, for example, that the getting together of people, the getting together of thoughts and of ideas, uh, you know, in, in a particular space, began uh began to um how would you say uh it began to inspire you uh when it came to writing this book well i think the, one of the first ones was when i took my little water cash over to the atm i had to stand in a queue and the people that stood in front of me in that queue shocked me they were guys in bibs uh, in orange bibs now in south africa we've got something called car guards and to large degree sort of they're the they're the people they're literally unemployed people who will stand there and guard your car if you pay them they don't, then they don't break into it mm-hmm. um and these a lot of them are we've got about five million uh foreign foreign workers in south africa who are sending their uh, remitting their, their money back home. And as we all know, the remittance costs can be, you know, anything from 15 to 50%, depending on. And um, the queue I stood in was behind these guys who were sending back their stipends back home, and they were using the Bitcoin rails to do it. Um, so they were bypassing the banks and um, and the traditional remittance companies. Um, so, I, I, you know, that was my first real wake-up call that this thing's got, got real legs under it. This is not just uh, something that we speculate in like Beanie Babies. It really, really works. Um you know, and then just what came out of that as well is somebody who read my book um, has right. made me, what am I now, chief commercial officer of, 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 of a very big venture, which is very exciting. And we're rolling out ATMs all over the country and, and into the continent. And we've got another really, really big development, which we will be 
uh, at liberty to talk about in about two three months time but it's it's huge it'll um, it'll open up uh, crypto into to the whole developing world in a, in a way that uh, I've never seen done so it's very exciting well I'm, I'm I'm glad you shared that with us Mike because now we're excited as well to and we are certainly going to look forward to, to those events uh, yes. hope you can announce them as you know as as early as uh, as earlier of course so that we can we can wait in anticipation for those fantastic yeah and then you know one of the things just on on a personal level that opened for me as I said books open doors mm-hmm. and um, there's a uh, some of your viewers might have seen something called crypto banter it's the biggest uh, YouTube one of the biggest YouTube yeah. daily shows and um, I'm lucky enough to go and sit in their office so uh, they, they tolerate me and it just allows me to rub shoulders with a lot of great people in the industry and a lot of young energy and it's a uh, mm-hmm. Very exciting. So, uh, yeah, I, I can only highly recommend moving into the space. It's, it's, this is the very beginning. Well, well, when you do meet them next, please, uh, you know, a shout out from, from JP uh, to Random Man and Sheldon the Sniper. Love those guys, including Miles and Kyle. Uh, yeah. absolutely awesome guys well, shout out to Crypto Banner guys thank you thank you I'm hoping that we can get them around for dinner in the next week we were muttering about it so I'm very I feel very privileged awesome 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 I mean that that, that would be I think that would be a, a great contrast to the last uh, you know meeting you had with your brother and those other business people I think that this this would be a more exciting conversation <laughs> that's quite funny Rand one day said he went out with his non-crypto friends and he thought he'd gone back to the 1980s yeah. Um, it's quite funny how um, it's sort of this, this enormous division. In fact, if if you since we mentioned it, you know, Rand lost a lot of money, and for, it was a well over a hundred million dollars on the on, on that lunar dump. And I can say that because that's yeah. the title of "Look Up When I Rand Lost a Hundred Million Dollars" um, on on YouTube. And he actually does a lot of introspection of what came out of that. And I got a lot of respect for him um, anyway, but that that elevated it for me. Um, just just how. Uh, his his thinking, exponential thinking. That that video is well worth watching. He's uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, not not enough of people speak about their their failures. More of them will just tout about you know, hey, this is this is the wins that I've had. Uh, yes. But it's very real when you when you bring your failures into focus like that. Yeah, he. I was in the office that day that he lost that, and he and he he was like a he was a man. I mean, he took it. He didn't swear. He didn't scream. He didn't get cross with the staff. He took it on the chin. Went okay, uh, and and that was a that was properly yeah. big money, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 then he did. Then he went on show, and he did a show on it, and he said, "This is what happened," and and he laid it out, and he it really he said it changed his life because he'd forgotten that he was a businessman. Yeah. He'd started to think of himself as an investor as a passive investor and he reckons he's made all the money he lost back again um and i'm again i'm not i'm not breaking confidence that's what he said on the show so go watch it worth watching uh very very motivational and go and watch sheldon's um how crypto saved my life um you'll get 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 the tissues ready you'll need them it's beautiful It is indeed, indeed. Uh, both both those shows, I you know, um, both those shows speak exactly about about the journey, uh, about um, which resonate with a lot of people. Yes. Uh, it a lot of it resonates with me as well. So uh, I, I like the fact that they're just not about hey, you know what, this is this is what it is, and this is um, you know, we're on cloud nine because this is what we're doing, and this is a high kind of lifestyle. It's more down to earth. 
you know, a very, very real. And that's that's what I appreciate about those guys. Well, you but, know, you, uh, sorry, I, I, sit, I, I sit in that office yeah. every day and I, and I watch them. And a lot of people say, you know, these guys are scared, whatever. I promise you, I watch those guys mm-hmm. and, and they are straight up and down. Uh, every, in any business, you can bend things to look bad. Those guys are solid. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, and like you're saying, right? When it comes to when it comes to business on that front, uh, you've seen enough of uh, millionaires and billionaires having to lose fortunes, uh, you know, technically uh, overnight, uh, and, and still be able to, to to hold their head up high. And that that does take a lot of um, character. It takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of uh, yeah, a lot a lot of character. Thank you. Yes, that's exactly what I was looking for. A lot of character to be able to to continue the next day. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that that being said, speaking about continuing the next day, uh, Mike, I I've got to ask, uh, you know, for the audience in the room, um, tell us a little bit about your personal philosophy, uh, you know, and and what keeps you what keeps you going. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a person. I I don't like you know people say you know kind of what are your what are your beliefs. Um, I, I try not to have beliefs. I try to have understanding. So everything in life, I either try to understand, and if I, if I don't yet understand it, I just say I don't understand it. I, um, you know, I, um, so that's really my, my philosophy is, is, a very simple, is a very simple philosophy. Um, the world's a, a simpler place than, than, we, than we make it out to be. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not a very... I, I'm not a very philosophical person. Um, I just I see the the, the whole thing of uh, you know beliefs. Uh, I, I just see beliefs as being as being belief as being a, a fairly uh, weak emotion. Um, I think it's it's an intellectual cardus. My whole philosophy is just understand things, dig in and understand them, and say I don't understand until you do. And um, right. I, th- I think we humans are pack animals. We herd animals. We're easily manipulated by leaders and media. Um, and I mm-hmm. think the antidote to that is just is just putting in the hard work and learn all you possibly can. Yeah. Amen. Those are, those are certainly words to live by. Uh, tough to follow, but they they certainly shape you if you can follow them. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. otherwise okay. you just get led around by the nose. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. You got to start thinking for yourself and be independent that way. Use that noggin. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sir. <laughs> All right, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we we have come to the end of our show, but we're going to take a few questions. I know that some have been uh, sent in. I'll, I'll we only have time. Uh, we only have time to to take in one, maybe two questions. So if you've sent them in already, then fantastic. My team's going to pick them up. Uh, okay, I can already see one that's uh, that's coming from from KJ. Uh, what it says is, how can I explain crypto to my parents when they think I'm wasting my life on this stuff? Mike, this is a perfect question for you. <laughs> or rather, you're the perfect guy to answer this question. <laughs> okay, I, I think I, I think I sort of answered it. Um, let, let, let me. Wait, how do we back up here? Yeah. Um, 
we money is money is really important, and for some reason, it's okay, let's 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 start like this. Back in the fourteen hundreds, um, mm. the Catholic Church. Yeah. I'm talking about Europe now. The Catholic Church and government yeah. were indivisible; they were one and the same. And why? Well, because the yeah. Catholic because because only the 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 church were the only people who knew how to read and write, and it's really important to read and write mm. uh, in terms of mm. of you know laws, how laws are promulgated, and recording everything. And along came the printing press, and the printing press actually broke that hegemony um only a crazy person these days mm -hmm. thinks that the that the ch that the church should should sort of run the government um and we're at that point in time now where we've got where we've got to divide money from government um it's a very old-fashioned mm -hmm. idea that that only governments should uh, issue money. Why? Most governments, I mean, apart yeah. from a few governments that have been successful with with their currency, most mm -hmm. governments have been abysmal. Um, and this is yeah. this is money. You know, this is a. Re uh, the, in fact, the subtitle of my book is a revolution governed by rules and not by rulers. And we mm -hmm. just really entrenched right. in in thinking that our that we, that our money should be run by by our rulers. And in fact, every day you wake up, you've got to trust your government over and over and over again. Every time there's a shift in government, there's a shift in policy. Whereas Bitcoin is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Um, and it's international mm -hmm. and it's global and it's just, it is the future. They put in the study and um, yeah, yeah. I, I did cover that a lot in the book and it's, it's very hard to, to cover now mm -hmm. at, the, at the end of a, at the end of an interview. Um, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, the, the answers are there. Okay. Okay. So um, you trace it back. So effectively, trace it back to the point at which you had an in, um, you know, an inseparable uh, concept of the ruling, uh, you know, uh, the ruling body, so to speak, whether it was the, the kings or, uh, at the time or governments at the time, this would be the church at the time. You broke up. Uh, which actually allows. Uh, you know, and understand, uh, you know, shifted the power of that ability shifted from this one centralized source to everybody having access to it. Exactly. And, and so, and that's just, that's really the, that's really what's going on here. Um, unfortunately, the people who have not yet spent the time just to understand it, um, uh, or they dismiss it out of hand and they, they're making a bit of an error because, you know, you have to understand things. Don't just believe things. It's, it's get in there and do the work. Okay. All right. On, and on that note, Mike, I have, we've come to the end of our show, but thank right. you so much for spending this hour with us. I can't imagine it's, it's you know, flown by so quickly. Uh, this is certainly a conversation I, I believe that we should have again uh, at some point. You know, it, it's worth me making the trip over to South Africa and, and hanging out with you to, to continue please. conversations like this. Absolutely, please. Please, anybody, whoever's coming to South Africa, give me a shot. Look me up. All right. Okay. All right. So that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, and uh, thank you, everyone, for, for logging in. We'll be back next week at the same time uh, with a new show, Diving into Crypto. Uh, remember, on Tuesdays at the same time uh, as we, we logged in today, we also have our uh, show, The Future of NFTs, hosted by our co-founder, Natia Besta. Uh, and it speaks about everything to do with NFTs, the utility, and what the future is going to be. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for being here. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum, the first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 